Welcome to Meaningful Meditation for Life, hosted by Dr. Erhard Vogel, who has taught among the Himalayan sages for the past 50 years and is recognized around the world as a master teacher of self-realization. On this podcast, we invite you to discover his teachings, guided meditations, and classes. You'll return over and over to your favorite episodes in the archive and continue to grow with each new episode. This is the Fundamental Meditation Series. You'll learn meditation and self-realization from a master teacher. You'll learn the importance of knowing who you really are and experiencing a life true to yourself. This podcast series reflects just a portion of the eight-week program with Dr. Vogel. For the optimal experience, please start with week one and follow along for all eight weeks. Each week will begin with a class and be followed by a meditation. Let's begin. Check your cell phones, make sure they're all the way off. And tonight it's my privilege and my pleasure to introduce our teacher, Erhard. Saturday, we had um, a celebration of Erhard's 75th birthday. And as I was sitting across from him, I was I was touched with the feeling of so much gratitude. I'm thinking how fortunate we are that he is in such vital vigorous, good health in his 75 years and that he's still willing to guide us out of the realm of falsity into the realm of self, into the realm of who we really are. It's a rare privilege to have a teacher who teaches from his direct experience. He's not teaching anyone else's philosophy, anyone else's writings. He's teaching us from his direct experience what is permanent and true. There's no dogma, there's no fluff, there's no ritual, there is purely and simply the truth of what permanently is. What a, what a gift that is. To me, to us. And I was thinking how important it is to acknowledge to ourselves, and for me, this is all about me as well, to acknowledge the value of this precious gift that he gives us. That he, he teaches us 
how to be living examples of the benefits of living true to how we are. And then the question is, is will we receive that gift and live according to what we learn from him? What our teacher brings us is far more than the opportunity for a life of fulfillment. It's the opportunity to be a significant instrument in ending the suffering that is so pervasive in our world. And I was, I was a, a deeply aware Saturday evening what a gift he is how he gifts us daily and my responsibility to give that back by living through to who I am I can honestly say that I love this teacher and that through his tutelage, I have learned to love and unconditionally accept myself. It's with a deep gratitude that I give you our teacher, Karen Let us focus. I think this may help. I just opened a page in something that I wrote in 1991. And uh, there's a verse from the Rig Veda, which is one of the ancient, ancient writings. And it says, By your function, spirit, that is the self, You defeat the artful withering of death. May the wise who witness your act be inspired by you, O Spirit. And then the writing goes on. When we identify ourselves with the fundamental being that in essence we are. Death is seen as a change of form, not feared as an annihilation of being. And this is the human potential. And to disregard this potential is to disregard the opportunity for fulfillment. So this I wrote in probably 1990 or something like that. And it's still true today. So regard these evenings as very precious opportunities 
for you to become expert at fulfilling your final destiny through self-realization. Through making real in your experience and in your actions, your self-expression. Making real what you know you are. Which is the power of being who in essence is consciousness. To have all your faculties relate to you in consciousness. Is your meaning and your fulfillment. So be it. What was meaningful to you in last Monday's meeting here? What was specifically meaningful to you that you've taken into your life as part of the light to illumine your path? So I see one hand raised. Does that mean, or two hands raised, or three? Does that mean only three of you gained something meaningful out of that profoundly significant evening? So this is, again, this is not a new question to you, is it? Do you know why I ask this question? No. Yes? It's kind of like in the focus, is to disregard this. To disregard it is to what? The potential to be in to be fulfilled. Why would you do this to yourself? Hmm? Why would you disregard the opportunity to be fulfilled? Yes? I think it would be out of fear of taking responsibility for yourself in your full potential. Okay. Does that make sense? Does it make fear? Does it make sense to fear being fulfilled? To fulfill your potential? To be you? To be honest? To be real? To be authentic? So why do you think do things that you know don't make sense? Have it? So you're just a creep you meaning, not just you in general. I'm speaking in general. In other words, you're just a creature of habit and really have no sense of self-empowerment and making decisions on your own. Habit does that, right? That's what would happen if we were creatures of habit. Hmm. I've said to you at times, 
if you had one such class in your whole life, as we so often have here on Monday night, it could be the decisive moment on, in your destiny. Do you understand that? Do you agree with that? Do you know that the majority of people never have such a moment in their lives? So why would you dismiss that? Well, same reason why you would dismiss yourself, not care for yourself. Is there a loyalty to an anti-self, to that which opposes you, do you think? Is that a possibility? You don't think it's possible that people live in loyalty to that which is most opposed to them and most, most its enemies? <laughs> well, if what do you call something that you repeatedly follow and and attach yourself to, if not loyalty, right? I guess there's a distaste to using that beautiful term for something so unbeautiful, right? There's something about the familiarity that makes it easy. Ah, so you are saying to me, if I may just repeat what you're saying, the, the fact that you, that people spend their life in violation and opposition to themselves makes that life easy. Is that what you're saying? Not exactly. But that's what, that's what you said. But what you expressed is a, that's a misconception, isn't it? That most people suffer, but it's like, that's nonsense. I mean, how could it be easy to dedicate your life in opposition to you? That's not easy. That's where all the suffering comes from. The life of suffering is not easy. It's painful. Is it not? So you're saying, I'm, I'm in the habit of being in pain, therefore I will keep on doing that. Right? And you say, and, and that is easy, because I, like one lady once said at a retreat, remember the lady who said, uh, I know these are wonderful experiences we had here, but I know I'm not going to do it because I've suffered all of my life, I'm, I'm good at it, <laughs> right? It's that kind of logic, yes. I think that one of the fears... Name? Um, one of the fears that we have as irrational as it may be is that if we do find our true selves there could be nothing more. Wow! Talk about self-trust, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but consider that for a moment. Does that happen? That people think that way or fear that way? Yes, it does, you're right. But when you don't live the life of who you really are, then what do you live? 
the life of something that isn't there. So in other words, you fulfill your fear by making it happen all your life long. You, so it's like saying, I don't have to fear what is happening already. I don't have to fear that happening because it's already happening. You know, don't have to fear it happening in the future because I'm making it happen here now. Thus, attachment to suffering. Yes? I think first you need to have the awareness that of yourself, of who you are, and then come to not just believe that you can do, that you can live in that, but to know firmly that you can live in that. Not just believe it, have the faith that you can do it, but the belief, the, the knowingness that through the teachings, the breathing, the focus, the concentration. No, it doesn't even that. take all of that. No. Just it, doing it, that you just. Just being in integrity with what you know. That doesn't, that's not difficult. It really isn't. You just got to be a person of integrity and you got to make sense to yourself. And you got to have some self-respect. Do you understand? Would you say about the majority of this group that you all really know, not just believe, but know who you are? Would you say that? Mm -hmm. So in terms of that, once you know who you really are, you have with that comes the knowledge of living that. It's not a matter of how to anymore, it's just a matter of living that. Thinking of yourself in terms of who you are, I mean, if you were brought up to think you are a frog all of your life and everybody in the world believes the same way about you and about themselves, and you try to live the life of a frog in a slimy pond trying to have the best, you know, best place for catching mosquitoes and so on, would you, no matter how much you believe that, would you think it would ever be fulfilling for you to live as a frog? So it would be very frustrating and very empty, right? And nonsensical and very painful, right? And, and depressing if, if you just kept on trying to fulfill yourself as a frog and would, of course, be guaranteed to fail, wouldn't you? Yeah? Isn't that, doesn't that describe how most people live? And how you've probably lived for most of your life? But then somebody comes and, and shows you, puts up the big mirror and shows you, and you understand right away that you're not a frog, you are some this, this being, this power to be then how much work is it to, keep, to stop thinking of your, yourself as a frog? I mean, it takes something, because you might sometimes just wake up in the morning and have to remind yourself that you're not a frog, or maybe in the middle of the day. But it wouldn't take very long for you to start living as the being that you are. 
right? And then what would happen to all of the frustration that you felt and the, 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 the failure and dysfunction that you went through when you were trying to satisfy yourself as a frog? When you don't do that anymore, it doesn't take all that long to get rid of all that failure and frustration and emptiness and so on, right? Is it very complicated? No, it's complicated to keep on your, your, to keep on convincing your faculties, your mind, your feelings, your emotions, who have some innate intelligence, to keep on convincing them and, and that, that, that you're not you, that you're a frog, and that that should fulfill you, and that should make sense. And even knowing innately, you know that's not true. So you have to keep on lying to yourself. Do you know how much energy that takes? Am, am I coming through? Does, does what I'm saying make any, yes. any recognition inside of you? Sometimes I fear our talking about it so much makes it seem for you so complicated and so challenging and all that. But of course for you to remain attached to the ignorance of you is not going to be helpful either. Do you see? But, but this concern about you thinking it's so complicated because we talk so much is really, I, I've come to peace with that because it's very simple. And from what you're learning here in a Monday night, if you were to implement it within yourself, once you know it's true, and I, I do my best to give you these evenings, not just as learned lectures or theoretical material, but as an experience from which you can say, I know this is true, I know, because that's what I am, that's everything that we're talking about is true, because that's me, and so now I know it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is, is that what happens, right? But then when I ask you next week, what is it that you knew last Monday and you don't remember it, then you just that means you just threw it in the trash heap of all of the distractions and distortions that have made your life a veil of suffering. What do you say to that? Let's communicate. I'm talking to you. What do you say in, in response to that? Nothing? Stunned silence? Uh, yes? I, I say what I agree with what you're saying, that if you forget the, the teachings from the week before and you haven't applied them from the moment they go in and or have something that sticks out that you know that you grasp because there's a lot there's a lot that you give but even taking a few of them and 
having them soak in and marinate in them through the week, then then they will get lost. Heard them. You have to have to allow it to to sink in and think about it. Okay. Um, I do give you many facets experienced, but it's always of the same thing. Just different facets of the wholeness of reality. And if and I'm not really talking about you remembering everything that I said. I, don't, I couldn't tell you what I said last week, but to me that's not relevant. It's being so true to yourself in the experience of Monday night evening that you impress it so much that you will live it from that moment on. That's what you have to wait, wait to absorb this. Is it possible to to absorb something and impress it so clearly that from then on it's yours? That's what you want to do. And then you want to live according to that from that moment on. Then that's no longer an issue of remembering or forgetting. Do you understand? And there are just some fundamentals which I mostly focus on the fundamentals. The fundamental is that you are being. We can say all kinds of things about your identity and so on, but you know, uh, when we look for identity, we look for that which you essentially are, that without which you could not be. What is it without which you could not be? Your gender, your hair color, your bank account, your societal standing, your marital status, none of those things. What are we looking for? What are the parameters? Uh, that which is permanent about you and that which is all-pervasive about you. It's not just some level of me, but it's on every level. And what is that? Without which you couldn't be? The power to be. Right? It's that simple. The power to be. That's what you are. The power of being. So you're not a man or a woman or a blonde or a brunette or a rich or a poor or an architect or a housewife or a teacher or a plumber or whatever. You are the power to be. But then with that comes also the, the intelligence to know that power has certain characteristics that everybody from childhood on has learned about. Well, most people. I mean, some people never learn anything. I mean, there are people who, who believe that 5,000 years ago human beings were riding on dinosaurs after God made, spent his time mudding his hand, creating them. I mean, and I can't help those people, you know. But that's, what we're talking about is, but no, no, see, the reason I bring that up is because we can 
we can all have a lot of intelligence and still think very unintelligently. Right? You have the gift of an intelligence and a knowledge and wisdom that the grand majority of humanity do not have. You, you have a great blessing. But sometimes it, you, it is as if you do not appreciate yourself for that, that great blessing. Because the reason I say that is because you would treat yourself much better if you did. With much more respect, much more love. No, with respect, not much more, just with respect, with love, with trust, with honor, with integrity. My talk this evening is a common theme that I sound to you many a time. It has to do with your, with your learning process and your growth process, indeed your evolutionary process. In nature, a creature that does not learn and advance does what? It perishes. Can you perish but still be in the body? Well, examine for yourself. Is, is, are you perhaps moving in that tendency or in the, you moving into the, into the eternal consciousness experience? Give me some feedback here. Do you understand what I'm asking you? What is your reply? Yes? This is Angie. Um, I was very impressed, or what impressed me um, uh, with, with eternity was when you said that we're not going to wait for eternity. Eternity is here and now. And so people who think that they are going to arrive at some place when they die are very much mistaken because that place is now. And this is our opportunity to live as a conscious being in eternity now, mm -hmm. not miss the mm -hmm. moment. However, if we are not, we can we can live and not be conscious, right? Mm -hmm. And we can die and not be conscious. Mm -hmm. Then that's it. Curtains, lights out. <laughs> Forget it. Oh, I did a long time ago, right? <laughs> it's forgotten. Is that what you want? That's a silly question because innately no life form wants that because it's antithetical. It's opposed to what we really are. We are, we are about the continuity of being, the eternity of being. The only thing we're here working towards is the realization of that. Because if you act as if you were just, you know, uh, a momentary event or a future daisy pusher in unconsciousness, then that's your experience. 
when that is your experience, you're deprived of the experience of being eternal consciousness. Because our experience is determined by us. Yes. This is Cindy. Uh, related to what you're saying, what I appreciated about what you were saying a little bit ago about um, last, you know, last Monday and what it was taking away, is I realized that I've been approaching the class as if I'm having any other experience in life. I hope this comes out right, but um, a beginning and an end, I'm here, I'm gone kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so something went a little deeper when you were talking about being more present and more conscious. So answering your question. Just take the more out. It's more. either being okay. present and conscious being, or not. Being right. present and conscious. Uh -huh. So it's, um, I don't know. I don't know if I can put words in it yet, but it just feels like there's a difference between how I've been living my life, moving through experiences, and now sitting in an experience and having it continue. It's not a beginning and an end. Does that make right. sense? Yes, and another way of saying that is you continuing in the experience. Okay. Because the being continues all the time, right? Whether you, and you are being all the time, but what good is it for you to be when you're not experiencing it, right? Can you imagine, I've, I've given you this question at times, and you cannot come up with a definitive imagination on this, because what would it be like if you could not think about being, feel about being, know about being, taste about being, have any perception of being, what would it be like? Everyday living. <laughs> 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 that was the perfect answer. <laughs> Empty doesn't doesn't scratch the surface, right? It's it's much deeper than that. Well, however, okay, so so you have that question, and then I say, however, it isn't possible not to have any something in you is the being that you are, and asserts itself, is present there. And so some, something in your mind knows about that, something in your feelings feels about that, something in your senses senses that, you intuit that, and so on. But then when you deny it and live in opposition, what they somehow subtly, but underneath it all and fundamentally, experience, your mind, your feelings, emotions, intuition, senses, and so on. And you live in opposition of that, that's where the great pain and suffering comes in, because it's a signal, I'm, I'm going the wrong way. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Yes. This is Linda, when you say going the wrong way, I think what I understand now, um, that so 
from your last week's teaching said that the purpose of the mind is to experience being. Mm -hmm. I think I really lived my life with the purpose of my mind was to find out what was out there. Right. And what I could connect to out there and how I would define myself by the world and how I would be rewarded by the world for who, you know. Right. And that is almost opposite to what... No, it's not almost, it's totally opposite. It's really, <laughs> really opposite. Stop pulling your punches. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. Okay, so what you're talking about is the involvement of the ordinary mind with what? The events, the circumstances and conditions, which are all momentary phenomena, right? Everything, all of those things that you mentioned, they are momentary phenomena. But the momentary phenomena, that's all they are. They are flitting by illusions, like a movie, right? When... A scene in a movie or even a, a, a several, you know, a set of frames in a movie, you wouldn't hold, try to hold on to that and call that reality and you and what you want to have for the rest of your life. You let it go as a momentary play of, of illusion, right? But when you do, dedicate your mind, feelings, emotions, your life to the momentary illusions, what do you have? Illusions aren't anything. They're nothingness. So then you have nothing. And that's why we have, we live in a, in a nation of great, great opportunity and wealth and all kinds of uh, privileges and so on, and are amongst the most frustrated, angry, homicidal people in the world. Not the most, because there are some <coughs> others who are competing with us for that. You know? Isn't that right? The thing is, the, the illusory is that which isn't, right? So, and when we try to get nourishment and sustenance and substance from that which isn't, what happens to us? Huh? We're empty, right? We're deprived. We're very disappointed. And then, not only, uh, but we spend a lot of energy pursuing that. So we also lost all that energy and have not renewed it with connecting ourselves with real sustenance. So, we suffer even more. That, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we say, yeah, but I've done that all my life and everybody else is doing it too, so I have to continue it. I choose to continue it because I'm good at suffering. I know how to suffer. All right. So somebody has to. If you want to volunteer, it's not true that somebody has to. But we're acting like that. I, do you understand at all what, what it is that we're talking about, that that is really important? 
that is of fundamental importance. And just because you're not used to having that in your life, because that's not what is usually offered in our society and in our life, doesn't mean it's not valid, not real, not true. And look at the evidence. I mean, intelligent people learn and grow, grow by learning, grow better, grow stronger, grow more permanent, right? Grow more to be themselves by learning. But you learn by examining the evidence of what is true and separating that from the belief systems that never have been true and never will be, right? And then making your choices accordingly. That is, choosing to live according to what you've learned to be so, right? But if you keep on learning and then not choose to live according to what you've learned, what have you got? Confusion. Confusion. Anything else? Frustration. Anything else? Empty. Emptiness. A lack of worth. A uh, lack of worth. Anything else? Demoralizing. Demoralizing. Uh -huh. And lack of self-trust. Lack of self-respect. When you self-trust, it's like okay, I what whatever I think, I can't trust that to be useful. Whatever I know, I don't trust myself to know whether it's true or not, or to even, or even if I know it's true, uh, I can't trust myself to live that because I don't. So self-trust, self-empowerment, self-direction is thereby undermined, more so than it would be if you were to be ripped from the bosom of your family and your society and sold into slavery. There are many people who sit for meditation, but have their mind doing it, explaining meditation, talking about it. That means a mental process is going on, which is not meditation. Meditation is not a mental doing, but an all-inclusive experience of the real being you are. When you meditate, Every part of you, mind, feelings, emotions, intellect, and intuition, even your body, has its energy focused in your center and harmony. Your faculties are in balance within themselves and with each other, and in that union they participate in the experience of the being you are. Be fully focused to have a deep and meaningful experience of yourself. For your greatest benefit, please be in a quiet space. Sit up straight with your feet flat on the floor, your spine comfortably aligned and erect, and simply follow Dr. Vogel's guidance. Let's take a deep breath and exhale. And right away you cause your breathing to flow evenly and easily so that after a while you can forget about it. It just flows in harmony with the universal energy. And as you've become more proficient through practice with relaxation, 
it's easier for you to attain a deeper state of relaxation in less time. Tell your body that you mean it to relax deeply now. And make this relaxation process a dynamic one. And I know some of you still drift into a completely static state that yields to stupor, which then yields to, to an uneasy sleep, which is a state, in that case, a state of unconsciousness. And sleep doesn't necessarily have to be that. But make this a dynamic state so that you involve your conscious volition in bringing about that beautiful, nurturing relaxation in the various parts that I'll mention. Start with your head. Tell your head to relax now. Relax head now. Feel relaxation flow from the top of your head down through your forehead and temples and brow. Relax now. Relax your eyes. Feel them floating in their sockets, but relax into the very core of the eyes themselves. Let your eyelids float, barely touching your eyeballs. Relax. All the little muscles surrounding your eyes smooth out and relax. All your facial muscles now relax. Also the muscles of your mouth and tongue and jaw relax. Have that sense of purity of intent. What I determine shall be right away. So have your whole head feel relaxed now, wonderfully balanced and light, relaxed. Send relaxation flowing down through your neck, relax your neck, and into your shoulders, relax. Feel the relaxation flowing from your shoulders down your back. Relax your back through your rib cage, lumbar area, into your pelvis, into your seat. Relax, relax, relax. So your entire back be vibrant with that relaxing flow of energy now. Just let go. Relax your throat and your chest be open to that relaxing flow. Abdomen relax and loins relax now. Every step is your choice whether to implement the suggestion or not is your choice. So you can choose to relax your arms all the way down through your hands to the tips of your fingers. Feel relaxation flow. Relax. Let go. 
Relax your legs, letting go, deeply letting go. Your thighs and knees and calves, ankles and feet, through the tips of your toes, one continuous flow of relaxation, nurturing, healing energy. Let your whole body be open to the universal flow of force that inspires every cell. Open up. Let go of holding back. Let go of isolation and separation. So you can feel united with the wholeness of being. That you are. Notice how your breathing has become even and easy. And let your mind be affected by that easy rhythm. And be assured now to be deeply settled in, in your center, its permanent home, your core of consciousness that you relate to as the area of your heart right now as your center. Here you are aware that you are being. You're aware of being that you are. And this is an utterly simple state. Deeply pleasing. You're aware of yourself being. That's what you are. You are that you are. It's as simple as that. What you are is that you are. You are being. How is it that you're being? Well, by some subtle power. That power of being is essentially what you are. You are that subtle power by which you are, the power to be, the power of being. So you have your faculties experience you in terms of what is really you, the power of being. And you have your mind and feelings and emotions and so on. Think of you, feel you, relate to you as the power of being. So it's as simple as that. And just be simply content to be aware of the fact that you are being. You are being. It's the simple recognition. I am. So you sit back and gently savor. I am. I am being. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to get convoluted about it and complicated. You simply savor 
the experience, I am, I am that I am, I am that. Have everything about you, your faculties, your mind, feelings, emotions, intellect, intuition, senses, everything together, focused in your center, as you've learned how to do. But now for the pure purpose of being in the experience of being. And that, thus you open the gates to self-experience, to real self-knowledge. I am. So the real knowledge is there, present, and you just, your faculties recognize it now, experience it now. And that it's a recognition and experience that's fuller and more all-embracing than just linear thinking about it. That's why you don't want to be distracted and thereby limited with linear thinking. See, you don't try to create this knowledge of being. You don't even look for it. You are being, that's all. Experience it. Simply remain in the humble experience of being. Humble meaning you don't get the ego, that stupid little silly ego involved in this. It'll just make a big deal out of it. Complication. You are being. Being is to be experienced. Experience that you are, that's all. And this being that you are, that is the real self. And that's interconnected. It's the power of being that is the being of all that is. You are that. So I, I am being, and I know that being is not an object, it's not an organ, it's not a separate thing. So I am not a, a separate object. And I'm not a momentary event. I'm not just a ragtag collection of thoughts and feelings and, or just a biological process. I'm that power by which I am. The power that is the substance of all the events and the power by which I am. The power of being. That's the real self that I am. And this is how you have your mind regard you. And have your faculties relate to you as the power of being.
I am. I am that. That I am. There's a beautiful steadiness in that experience of I am. And that gives great power of confidence. You don't have to dissect the understanding of I am. You don't have to even explain it. Everything about you now simply reflects, I am. I am aware that I am. I experience that I am consciously. I am that I am. I am being. I am being. Being. Being is limitless in time and space. Neither past, present, nor future could be without being. Being is continuous. Being is continuous. Always shall be. You are being, therefore you are continuous, always shall be. And even if your mind has not always known that outwardly, the knowledge has always dwelled within you. You are being.
you are being. So now, focused in effortless balance and with deep relaxation, with all of your faculties present unto you in your center, you acknowledge yourself being. Being is the essential thing about me. Being is my very identity. That is what I am, that is who I am, really. I am always being and always have been being, never been anything else. Whether I knew it or not, recognized it or not, lived it or not, I am being permanently. ability, the power to be. I am that I am. I am. That I am. faculties absorbed in that recognition and that continuous experience. I'm aware that I am. The energy by which I am also includes the awareness of being. I am aware that I am aware of being. After all, what good would it be for me to be without being aware of it? 
and now I'm taking care of what is fundamental to me. That's why it's so deeply nurturing and satisfying. Experience that. What I'm engaged in now makes ultimate sense. It makes ultimate sense that my life wants to include the awareness of that which is essential about me. Being. It makes sense that the awareness of being be included in my conscious conscious and ex continuous experience and thus be the foundation of all my experiences whatever takes place so I'm now cultivating the continuous awareness of being consciousness, which I am. I have my mind be guided by that, the senses, all my faculties, clarified and calmed in the experience of being that I am. Everything about me is absorbed in this experience of I amness, the experience of consciousness. Consciousness is a powerful but subtle, luminous force in my core, my center. I experience consciousness like a light throughout all my faculties, my body, my mind, feelings, and so on. For consciousness is the subtle force that gives life to every cell in my body, every thought of my mind, gives power to every vibration in any and all of my faculties. Consciousness. I am being that knows self. Right now I experience the being that I am. 
not the I ought to, to be person, but the fundamental, the real being that I am. Consciousness and being are one. I am being. I am consciousness. I know that I am and with integrity open myself to the broader and deeper dimensions of self-knowledge. The inner knower always knows the truth of me and what fulfills me and what are the healthful decisions for me. That inner know is integral to me. Even though sometimes obscured by my faculties, activities, due to their distractions and attachments. But right now, as I sincerely and simply allow my attention to remain focused in my core on the experience of being, the inner knower is revealed to my faculties. The power of being that in essence I am, who knows self, is revealed to the faculties, to the mind and feelings and so on. I am. I am that I am. I know that in my self-experience. I experience a deep rest and lasting peace. As I continue to delve more and more deeply into this wonderfully nurturing state, I am. Self-knowing, self-aware being, deeply accepting of self and satisfied in this fundamental experience that I am. I am that. I am at peace with being myself.
I am whole. I imbue my whole life with this consciousness. And this consciousness continuously expands to an infinite experience. To experiencing myself in infinity. Experiencing myself as infinity. I am that I am. And this has always been and always shall be. That is the way it is. Aum Tat Sat. Gently stretch out your arms overhead. Inhale and exhale deeply, please. I want to caution you in what we talked about today and in this meditation there are pure reality pure knowledge don't treat it like more of the bric-a-brac that you get by watching television and that you are used to in your life don't put it in the same category If you connect yourself to every facet of what you were here for this evening, and if you make that your whole purpose this week, then you're being wise for yourself and you're being well-meaning towards yourself. And that's how you deserve to treat this. Otherwise, you're doing great, great harm to yourself. Do you understand? Imagine again, as I asked you before, if you were in a continuous experience like this of being, you'd be so filled with joy, with completeness, free of fear and free of imagined limitations moment to moment living that. Imagine you living in that state permanently and forever. Tell me one thing that you prefer to that, that is more important to you than that. Tell me one thing. Anyone? One thing. One thing? Do you have one thing? One? One? Well, then don't live as if there were something more fulfilling to you than that. Right? Yes. Imagine what that would do to, for you to live like, what that would do to every moment of your life. 
what that would do to your relationships, to your family, to your friends, to your, to your profession, to your work, to whatever you do, or whatever you're involved with. Everything would be totally enhanced by that. Right? Okay. I'm done for tonight.